Here we are with episode 32 of the Florida Trail Runners podcast. That part two for the Keys 100. And oh man, what a race. On the pod, we'll be kicking it off with Lucian, Mr. Hot Chocolate. Ooh, wee. Then we've got Patrick Gallagher, Matt Moss, Kalo Axon, and Nels Matson. These dudes knocked it out this year. They battled the distance, they battled the heat, they battled the humidity. So hey, with part two, 2022, Keys 100. Hey, hey, Lucian. Yeah, what's up, bro? Hey. Man, not too much. Yeah, well, you guys getting a storm right now? Yeah, there's a tropical storm coming. I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's wet. It's, it's wet out here. It's, it's all over Miami, Key West, everywhere. Well, hey, thank God the Keys 100 wasn't this week. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't even know what to say. You know, like maybe it would have been better. Maybe it wouldn't have been, it would have been, it would start and then they would have, you know, it would have been a wet one instead of a, a hot one. So I don't even. <laughs> yeah, it's a 50 50% draw right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, they, I hear that all the time. I'm like, hey, the heat is no joke either. So I like, I don't know. I, you know, I might take that wet one. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, man, how how are the legs feeling? Oh, I, I recover. I recover good. I mean, you know, like um, my my legs is my legs is my legs be good. It's just uh, you know, it's like the blisters, the you know the the not having enough calories in me. You know, like thinking you have enough calories, the dizziness. There's a lot go on. So you know, there's there's new challenges every time. You know, I just don't. I just don't know what new challenges I'm gonna get, you know. So it's like you think you find the you think you find the formula, and the formula changes. You you spend a lot of miles on the you know on the pavement and concrete anyway, don't you? Yes, yes, yes. So you know, it, 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 but I don't know. Maybe that the pavement is hot. I don't know what goes on. Like sometimes maybe the, the pavement is so hot. That I don't know your, your shoes be hot, so you get more blisters. I don't know what's going. On. A lot of people suffer with the same thing. So a lot of people suffer with like they mid they. they the midsole of their foot was like hurting or blistered up. So I don't know if the concrete gets hot and heat up the sneakers and, you know, <laughs> get to the get to the foot. But I, everybody was complaining about this pretty much the same thing. A lot of people. So it ain't only me. Yeah, because last time we talked, you did the endurance hunter. And of course, now you're doing or you did the uh, the keys. Yeah, yeah. But it's my second time. Last year, I had no issue. Truly, I, you know, I, I came in like 27 hours. I really had no issues, so I, I I went in this year thinking, you know, like you know, I you know I mastered the keys or something, you know, because I've been <laughs> there, you know, I've been there for a lot of events. I've been there for the fifty miler. I did like two different relay teams there, and then in two thousand fourteen, I did a Ragnar team, a uh, 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 ultra team, six men from Key West to no, from Key Biscayne to Key West, Florida, two hundred miles. So you know, I have I have I have uh. I have experience and, uh, you know, I have a uh, history in the key. So last year when I did my first hundred, I really had, you know, I really, that's one race I had no issues. So I came back thinking, you know, like I got the formula and I was fighting for my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, you know, it's, it was, it's all good. Yeah, because even Karen said this was like the hardest one she's done. Yeah, but Karen is a Karen is going. Karen is a different. You know, she's going for numbers. 
you know, she's going for like number one place. So it, everybody has a different journey. Karen, our crew, Karen, Karen journey is 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 amazing to me. Her 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 forward movement. You know, like I, you know, I'm inspired by her crewing her for Badwater. No, not bad. I'm 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 crewing her for Badwater, but I crewed her for Daytona 100. You know, this year, and uh, you know, she inspired me. Her forward movement is crazy. Her her focus is like tunnel vision. She don't. She doesn't see nobody. She just <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have that type of. I'm more like you know, I'm going. I need to finish, but I you know I love the people. I you know I'm I'm interacting. I like the journey as much as the destination. So you know, I, I inter. I you know I I gotta you know kind of talk to people and find out you know what's going on and what's their journey and what's you know like how long they've been doing this and you know is this a first race? You know I I like to interact. Yeah, it's yeah. always good to get the social miles in. Yeah, yeah, but it's good to get the focus miles in too. So it's like it's it's the it depends on the person, you know. So everybody has a journey, you know. So people knows me as a certain journey, and people know like Karen as you know her certain journey. So I respect every journey. Everybody has their own way of getting to the finish line, but get to the finish line. So you know, I respect everybody's mission, you know. So. Yeah, you know, it's always nice to see people, too. That's one thing I liked about, you know, out there at Long Haul. It kind of, the mental game is a little bit different when you mm. plan it out, a little, you know, compared to some other races. Yeah, yes. Long Haul is is, is, is really, like, Long Haul is, a, is, is, is so awesome because it's a 10-mile loop, but the way it's looped is, like, you're in and out, in and out. So you get to interact with people. You get to interact with, with you know, the, the spectators, the, 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 you know, like, it's, it's 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 a beautiful, it's a, it's an energy, a great energy, and then you don't have to worry about getting lost. You ain't gotta worry about loneliness, loneliness. You know, like that, and and those two factors that that you know play a major major key in, in in your mind. You just have to press forward. Everything is there. And, and keys one hundred is great because it's a straight shot. It's just the heat. You know, it's a straight shot, so you don't worry too much about getting lost either. So. Yeah, so I guess for the keys, did you have any kind of game plan, or was that kind of just based off last year, and then it got super hot and humid, and you know, oh shit. <laughs> no, no, but the, but the game plan, the game plan was on point until like sixty miles. I think I, I didn't get enough calories in me, and so around sixty miles, I got dizzy. So it caught up to me, like you know, I'm thinking I'm eating enough, but the sun, the sun. The stronger the sun is, the more it's draining your calories. So as much as I'm eating, I'm not eating enough. So my hydration is good, but I realized what happened was, you know, I, I didn't have enough calories, so now my nights were difficult. My night was supposed to be, you know, like I'm supposed to turn up at night so I get less miles for, for, the, for, the, for the second sunrise. You know, so, uh, but it didn't go as planned. So I had difficulty in the night because, uh, because I, I was, I was, you know, like I was, I was low on calories and I was dizzy. I was going through something. So I was fighting every mile at night. So I knew from mile 60, I knew the, the next 40 miles was going to be pure, pure fight because it's, it's, once you go down that hill, it's hard to come back up. You know, it's hard. It's hard to to to, to get back. <laughs> you know where you was. So you know, you just for you know, I put myself in a position where I could fight to the finish line. 
yeah how do you overcome that kind of thing um i always i always expect the unexpected so i i, I get to i always try to get early miles i get to i break down the, the i said get to 50 miles at around 12 hours you know 12 hours get to 50 miles that way you got like 20 hours to complete about 20 hours to complete the other half if anything go wrong everything go right you 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 going for like a 26 hour race 26 hour 27 hour you know you know maybe 25 if everything goes right but if things go wrong you have enough time to to to, to shake it off and, and and get get to the finish line so it's just you know you just have to uh you have to just press forward push push forward and try to get them night miles before that 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 sun come out, you know the sunrise is great, but if you, when that sun, when that when that sun come back again, it's coming out with vengeance, and um, you just have to fight, fight, and keep and dig deep, and keep digging deeper, and and, and keep fighting, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I'm I'm used to the heat, so I just uh, I just push forward. Yeah, so I guess, you know, the first 60, you know, must have went at least decently, you know, to plan for the most part. You got to 50 miles. The first 50 went great. It went great. That's when I should have sat down and ate. Mm. The first 50 went great. Just, I should have sat down. I should have took, sometimes you have to, to, to slow down to move fast. So I was, you know, so I should have sat down and had like a, a couple of cheeseburgers, some fries, you know. A soda, you know, all the all the shit that I don't eat. I should have had all the bad shit because all the bad shit is good for you in, in these type of races. <laughs> <laughs> so I needed all the bad shit, and I just kind of like, hey, you know, just snack, 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 snack. So you know, when you're in a moment, you need somebody to tell you like, here, you need to eat because you're not thinking. So you need like that's why it's good to have a good crew because they remind you. You know, and, and and my son and daughter crewed me, and I, you know, I thank God for them. You know, but they still learning the art of crewing and pacing. So once 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 I teach them, I'm gonna have a, a amazing crew that say, "Yo, I gotta eat. You gotta take care of me. You gotta remind me. You gotta do this. You gotta you gotta push me. You gotta you know, you gotta scream at." <laughs> Sometimes you're gonna have to tell your dad to get up and go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop being a bitch, dad. Stop being a bitch. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So you know, man up, dad. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, I, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need my son or daughter to be like, come on, we fighters. You know, I need that talk. You know what I'm saying? You want to tighten I'm up? Soldier. Let's go. Tighten up. You know what I'm saying? So I need, I need that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm hard headed. You know, I gotta uh, bring that that animal out of me. Uh, you know, so I be, I be in my head a lot. It ain't my body. My body's very strong, but it's my mind. So, I, you know, during the race, I was clinging on to people. You know, but I, they were going through some, you know, I know the, you know, trying to talk to people, get my mind off the miles. So, during, you know, when I was going through my, but everybody was going through their thing. And then I saw Diane. I'm so happy Diane, you know, caught up to me with her crew. So, I, you know, they helped me out. So, I, I'm, you know, I thank, I'm thankful for my friend Diane and, and her crew, Rachel, and, um, and um, it was uh, was it? Damn, I forget. Hold on, hold on. JJ, um, um, Jennifer, Jordan, 
So I, you know, so I'm thankful for them because they helped me out and her crew helped me. We worked together, and so to 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 finish the race, and that's what that's what it's all about, you know. So it worked out. It worked out pretty good. Now, was this the first time your kids were your crew? Um, I, they they helped me. They they crewed me together in uh, Miami 100, you know, and they just they were still you know learning, and then my son crewed me many times. You know, he did it himself. He did it with other people, and he loves it. He he just he just he actually likes. He can't wait for you know. He thinks he thinks he's so uh, he's so he's he's he, uh, what is it? He's so intrigued by the fight and uh, just the the shit we go through, and he's so so fascinated, and he he loves it, but he's not gonna do it. He said, "No, nah, I'm not. I'm not doing it." But I, you know, I love the the the. The fight in everybody and uh and who knows in the future he's only 19 so who knows <laughs> yeah because i know like for for skunkate my dad comes down and you know we hike and mark the course so nice. it's such a cool like father son mm-hmm. or, you know children and and dad bonding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly exactly and my daughter my daughter brags about me all the time to her friend and her friends and they just so amazed at what i do and she's so you know she's so proud of me and she's so she's so happy to be part of it too so and I realized she's a good pacer. Like, she talks a lot. So I said, oh, I got plans for you. Because my son don't really, he's a good crew member, but he don't, he don't really talk. He's strong, <laughs> but he don't like, he don't, he don't really. But my daughter talks. So I said, okay, okay. Oh, your dad does 5Ks. Well, my dad does 100 yeah. miles. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. He, and no, no joke. My son told a coach that one time because he, he's on track team. And his coach told him, like, hey, nobody does that. <laughs> and my dad um, and my son calls me and said, "Yo, dad, can you text me a picture of your your buckle and uh, you know your time?" And so he he showed his coaching like, "What the hell?" You know, <laughs> and he says, "Coach, you've been a coach of twenty years. He never heard of ultra marathon." <laughs> so, you know, it's a, you know a lot of people don't know. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it was an amazing journey, and I think you know, like uh, it was you know the people I meet. Uh, amazing and the people so happy to meet me and i'm so happy to see people and you know i just it's all about you know the journey to me is, is me the way i take my journeys are just as important as my destination just as important because i get so much out of people struggles and uh fights and so i i take in people's energy and i and I get to know people because I see people at their true form. In the struggle, you cannot hide who you are. In the fight, in the suffering, you can't hide the person you are. You are who you are. And and I'm a pe- I'm a person who loves people and read people and talks to people. So I see people at their true form through the suffering. And in the world full of fakes, ultra running is real shit is real in the battlefield so i thank god for you know my journey yeah 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 so it's deep it's deep it's deeper than running for me it's deeper than running that's the way it should be should always be deeper than running and it should be and i and i and and i'm very grateful (laughs) you know very 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 grateful and appreciative that i can do this and i keep doing it i can do it and i keep doing it and I say, I tell people, truly, because I move with gratitude and appreciation, God allows me to move. In life, you have to 
thank thank people and appreciate people and and you know uplift people and gratitude and appreciation i i appreciate the love and i appreciate the support and i appreciate people's journey and you know it helps me be more compassionate to people yeah so as part of the journey with the keys 100 you know that seven mile bridge that that's a big section for a lot of people how did the bridge go for you uh, the bridge is always, you know, the bridge is always great for me because I reach there when the sun, sun, sun sets. So I, I actually, I mean, the people that reach at night, they, 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 you know, they, they don't witness. They just witness a long, a long journey, a long seven miles. So at night you won't see too much of anything. So if you can see it in the day is great, but it seemed like I reached there, uh, like at, uh, at sunset. You know, I, last year I reached there around sunset too, so it was just kind of great, you know, to see the sunset on the bridge and kind of like, you know, it's 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 um it's a long bridge, <laughs> so <laughs> you know you gotta hide, you gotta have your hydration, you gotta have your it's a long, it's like it take forever, but you know, it's beautiful to see. It's worse at night if you're going up that bridge, but if you if you if you see it in the day and you see the water and you see the people and it's 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 all good. You know, but at night it says it's gonna be a little scarier. The water, the because I ran over there at night one time too, so I know what I know, and I didn't I didn't get the experience. So you know, 2014 I did a, a Ragnar team, so I had the I had the seven. My turn was seven bridge, my bridge. So I ran it at night, but I didn't see shit. <laughs> so it was just like a long, long, scary, shaky bridge. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's, it's a seven mile bridge. It's it's epic. Yeah, because some people say that you know you can get like motion sickness on the thing. Yeah, that, that's if you get motion sickness. But if you don't get motion sickness, it ain't nothing. <laughs> you know, you you don't recognize if you if you're a person that get car sick, motion sick, you're gonna feel it. But if you're not the person who get car sick or motion sick, you don't. You just hurt. Right. You just happy the sun is going down, all right? You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so thrill, like, right? you know. You've been through so much in the sun, so when the sun's going down, you're just so happy. You know, I can see you get motion sick if you if you reach there and the sun is bright. I can see that happen. Yeah, maybe that's the case. I don't know. Yeah, it depends on when <laughs> you see it. You know, if you see that night, you don't. It don't seem like the bridge you on. It seemed like just you running. You got seven miles on at night. Yeah, it's definitely a big contrast from daytime to nighttime. A huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, there's a. Uh, so it's all good, and you know, you know. I mean, it, it, key, key, keys, key. One hundred is great because you have, you see a lot of all my South Florida friends are there, so they run in relay teams. They so it's like a it's like a stage, a, a South Florida stage, because they run a relay team. They got the fifty miler. The, the now they have a, a a fifty miler relay. Now they have the 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 fifty uh, k. You know, so they got they got they got everybody's there that doesn't do ultras. So they're running as a team, you know, six-man team, 100 miles. So, you know, they, they respect what you do. They, they, they understand it more because they say, what? <laughs> He's still out there? You know, I finished the 31 hours. So I know, I, I got, you know, the best thing about this, you know, I always say things don't go as planned, they go as God planned. And now at my 95, I saw uh, a, a group of runners, you know, it's called Fired Up Crew. 
that that I I do I used to do sprint work in um in uh Miami with. So they see me out there, they like, oh my God. You know, they they so amazed. And I then when I cross the finish line, I see Miami crew from Iron. You know, they want the whole thing. It's called um the No Sleep Crew. And they amazed, like, cause they, you know, they they already went to, to dinner. They already went to, you know, like, you know, they 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 you know, they finished like in 10 hours, the, the first bad team. So they did a lot of shit in Key West, and I'm still out there. So I showed up at the uh, awards presentation right when the awards presentation finished. So everybody was out there cheering me like, oh, shit, hot chocolate coming in. So <laughs> it was just it was just it was just beautiful, beautiful for them to see the fight. You know what I'm saying? Like this motherfucker still fighting out there. Yeah. You know? Damn. Most people would he's easy what? They can't even grasp it. So I get it because I, I've been there and I've been here. I'm here now, but I've been there. So. And yeah, of course, you know, you get off the seven mile bridge too, and I know that's when what you're starting to struggle. How'd you get through or how did those miles go? Oh, the seven mile bridge was is it's when the it's when um it's when the dizziness the dizziness started because uh I didn't get enough calories. So when I, once I got off the bridge, I went to lay down. I asked my 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 son and daughter to bring out like a, a recliner chair. They had like a one of them um, recliner chairs. So I asked her. So when once I laid down, I kind of felt like like the, the the I was spinning. My head was spinning. So every time I got up, I felt like get, get going back down. So I said, "Oh shit, I'm in trouble." You know, I got 40 more miles, and I feel like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I just had to, you know, like. I got a lot of Gatorade in me and um, I'd say, you know, ate some snacks and I just kept, I know I just have to keep moving because I got to get the night miles, the night miles. If I don't get these night miles, my, the day is coming is, and I, 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 I won't be able to make it. You know, them sun miles in the day is different. You know, I, I have to fight through the night and try to get enough miles, you know, feeling a certain way as I can. So, you know, everything was good till 60 miles. <laughs> When did you realize that you're like almost to Key West? Like you're almost there. Oh, uh, when I realized, oh, uh, you know, I, you know, I know it. So, um, I, I think when I, ooh, I think ten, nine, mile ninety, mile ninety, I kind of knew where I was at. And you know, I was with, I was with, you know, with, with Diane, and then we were talking and running, and you know, there was, you know, it was, it was, you know, uh. And then I, I guess when you reach mile ninety six, you realize when you do that, there's a little turn you do, and you realize you're so close, and <laughs> and everybody's cheering you on and cars. They realize they say, "Oh my God," you know, they <laughs> they disbelief that <laughs> that you're still out there, <laughs> you know, because they was coming from the award ceremony, so a lot of people was going in, coming out. So a lot of people seen, you know, see me coming in. A lot of people see me fighting to the finish line because it was like right on time when everybody was, you know, going to award ceremony and everybody was going back home. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, people already partied and did it. So people already partied, went to sleep, woke back up and hey, yes. come loose. Yes, yes. <laughs> and they like, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But hey, how did it feel getting this buck, this belt buckle compared to last year? You know what? Um, believe it or not, the ones I gotta fight for sticks with me. The one I fight harder for, you know, the one I go through the most 
the most, you know, uh, the most obstacles, the most, uh, you know, the, the most struggles, no matter, it's the one that stick with me. Like last year, I finished in like 27 hours, and that was the smoothest, that's probably the smoothest 100 mile I ever done. And what I got out of it, I was so grateful for it, but did I get anything out of it? It was I got the 27 hours. That's fucking awesome. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's the ones that that is this this shit like this that sticks with me. You know, me me fighting with Diane, me me going through the ups and downs, my son and daughter seeing me down, like 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 down, like like my, my daughter even called her mom was like, yo, my, her mom was a nurse. Like, yo, daddy's going through it. What can I do? <laughs> so for them to see me up and down like that and fight to the finish line, it's just, it's just, it's just great. And, and to bump into all my South Florida friends, you know, to see me just grinding out there. It was just, it's just, it's just epic. And the finish, like you see my finish, there's like a lot of people there and they just shaking their head. They said, this guy's a fighter, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's just it's just beautiful. It's just a, it's it, this one. It means more to me than the twenty seven hours. <laughs> you know, just making cutoff kind of. You know, thirty one hours finish thirty two. You know, thirty two hours of cutoff. So just making kind of like, it's 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 it's, it's more epic. The fight, the struggle, the glory. Yeah, and of course that kind of ties it. You know, right into the closing question of where those kind of you know the final thoughts. You know mm. the post-race reflection oh the the my 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 post-race reflection oh Oh, that's a good question uh i'm grateful for the finish i tell you i'm grateful for the finish and you know and i kind of knew what to do to finish so you know it's like uh, i'm getting better no matter you know people might look at the time and base 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 my my uh my journey with my time but, you know, it's just um, figuring things out when things go wrong, not giving up. You know what I'm saying? So you figure things out because I dealt with some, I dealt with new problems. So my reflection is uh, stay in the fight because you don't, you, 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 you got to stay fighting. Unless you don't be stupid. If you sick, you injured, you get out. But stay in the fight so you don't have no regret. I just, you know, I don't know. Stay in it. I, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, if you you know you don't be stupid, you fight for another day if shit ain't. But if you can kind of shake shit off, just shake it off and walk it off and fig, try to figure it out, cause uh, the gift is in the struggle. So that's why, I, you know, I got become stronger in everything I have to fight for. So, yeah, just fight. You know, reflection. Just uh, keep fighting and dig deeper and. Keep digging deeper. Not everything goes as planned, but it goes as God plans. <laughs> yes, definitely one hundred. But yeah, hold yeah. Hold on. I, I got hit with the ooey. Yeah, yeah, I got hit with one ooey. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, I got hit one of them in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, all right, man. Thank you for having me, and you, you have a great day, bro. Heck yeah, thank you.
But hey, I guess we could kick it off with, you know, a little bit about yourself and what brought you out to the Keys 100 this year. Okay, uh, this is this is now Matson, and what brought me out to the Keys is I was doing it as a training run. I'm I'm training to go uh, across the United States uh, starting August 30th for uh, in memory of uh, the last last wish of a Navy SEAL, Chris Campbell. So uh, that's that's what got me out there, and and uh, I I got a little uh, got a little respect for the uh, that humidity of the Keys this this uh, go around. Yeah, hey, this is uh, Matt Moss. Um, I've been in multi-sport, doing some endurance events for the past 25 years. And about, uh, I guess it was maybe one of the earlier Keys 100s, um, 2000, I don't know, would have been 2007, 2008. I don't know, one of the very first ones, I guess. We were, my wife and I were in Key West for a a wedding and uh, saw these these random people just finishing this race and piqued my interest. And, um, and here I am that many years later, I put it on the, put it on the bucket list and, uh, and there you go. So that's kind of, kind of a long time coming to, to tackle that, that race. So. All right. I guess I'll go, uh, Patrick Gallagher. And, um, I've been running these things for a lot of years as well. And, um, my buddy talked me into it uh, tangentially. I'd always shied away from the idea of running 100 miles on asphalt and concrete and all of that. He said, well, it's it's an absolutely iconic Florida race. You just have to do it. And he did it last year. And I was like, well, hell, if he did, then I guess now I have to do it. And and so I was like, you know, it is, it's true. It is an absolutely iconic Florida race. And uh, the point-to-point nature and everything about it just really uh, won me over in the end. So I signed up and uh, <laughs> went through with the whole thing. So there we are. Yeah, especially compared to, you know, like uh, Western states or Havilene. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I gravitate more toward, you know, those trail races and, and things along those lines. I even had to go through this whole thing with shoes this time because I, I, I've never run 100 on asphalt. So I was like, oh, God, what shoes do I wear? You know, I could wear my speed goats, for example. But that was a whole thing for keys. So I, I did like the challenge of like, okay, I had to try and figure this thing out entirely differently than some of the other things I've done. I'll finish it up. I'm Kalo Axon. I got into ultras last January, and uh, this one I was actually supposed to go pace for a friend, and I didn't know all the rules really going up to it without being a competitor, and uh, I thought I was going to try to pace for two different people, uh, and then one of them dropped out, and it didn't even matter, but I uh, got allowed to pick up his bib. It was my brother, and... Uh, and then I got permission from the race director to actually run with the person who I was going to be pacing. And uh, so then I ended up last minute running 100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. You got to run with Loveland the whole time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. O-Town Blazer crew. But yeah, like Patrick, what you said with obviously a lot of asphalt and concrete, how do you prepare for like a long road race like this? Uh, for me, I just started, you know, I, I transitioned off of the trails for my long runs. I mean, I do most of my, my daily runs on asphalt, but then it was like, okay, well, what shoes are actually going to, this was the biggest question. What shoes are actually going to hold up in that heat on that terrain for that long? I, I really don't like changing shoes in a race. 
you know, once your feet get used to a particular shoe and then you try and change to a different shoe, it's always just giving me fits. So I'm running a lot of random miles around my house. I made like a marathon distance run and I would do those on the weekends, testing out shoes. I ran 10 hours on the track, my high school for a fundraiser, um, trying to figure out once again, just like what shoes are going to last this long. So I went back and forth and, and eventually, thankfully, found the shoes that I was like, oh, okay, this, this is going to have to work in a sense. And uh, and actually, everything turned out great. I, I didn't have a single blister. I had one hot spot, but it went away. I never had a blister of any kind during the race or after. So I, I would have to say that shoes worked out in the end. That was the biggest question, though, was just shifting and doing a, a lot of the long runs on the road and trying to get it in the heat as much as possible. It's funny, Patrick. You, mis- you mentioned uh, shoes. Uh, I actually found that I, I switched socks for this race. Um, I I went to the uh, socks for the first time, the Njinji's. And I'd yep. never, I never, I hadn't used those except for in one long run, but I've had issues with the, the toes rubbing together and creating the blisters. And uh, just that, that little switch, I, I actually didn't have any blister issues on this run either. Um, just, uh, I wore the same shoes, but but switched the socks. This is Matt. I agree with the toe. I've, I've been a big fan of the toe socks for several years now. And I kind of went into it both with the idea of, between the humidity and just uh trying to trying to cool and knowing that was going to entail staying wet most of the day and ultimately ended up in your shoes i went in with the game plan of playing on changing socks and shoes um you know a few times and so i had a few pair that i've run plenty of miles in to get them you know broken in and stuff and so fortunately you know they're they're well worn and all the same models, so I, I think that was for me particularly. My feet held up incredibly well, so I think that was key to, key to, to my, um, you know, maintaining the integrity of my feet. <laughs> yeah. So on both the previous podcasts, they were talking about wet feet, and honestly, I didn't even think about that as like even a factor considering oh, you know no rain or water crossings, but it's about the sweat and like you know that just that humidity. So I guess wet feet, how did wet feet even affect you guys? I was uh, concentrating on, on uh, stopping my vomiting more than my feet. <laughs> so I started vomiting around about mile 30 because uh, of the humidity. So I don't even, I don't even know what my, uh, if my feet were wet or not. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that probably wasn't the best answer, but that, that's my answer. I had learned my lesson about using too much ice um you know like free floating ice like in a pack or anything like that um with other races that exactly it just runs down your legs and it pulls in your shoes and then your shoes are soaked for hours on end um so i was really diligent about i I, when i did use a vest in the evenings i I just made sure that the bottles that they gave me in the vest anything like that just chock full of ice so like a cooling pack and then that way at least it didn't drip all over me and go down into my feet um, during the day, you're just going to get sweet. So the same thing, you know, go out and run in this time of day that you're worried the most about and, uh, and dial in that shoe sock combo. Yeah. The Njinji's have, have just treated me great for years. And, uh, and I went with some uh, ultras for the wider toe box because I knew there'd probably be some swelling from the heat. And so between the two, it just worked out great. But yeah, you, you, you do want to think about like, oh, I'm pouring water directly over my head or anything like that. It, it will just pool in your shoes. Uh, and I mean, that happens in Florida, you can trail run and for a few hours and you're just slopping around, even though you haven't touched water. Oh, I did do the, the ice constantly. I hadn't done 
as much heat training as I wanted to before the race, uh, not considering doing the entirety of it. So I brought extra shoes. I only ended up changing shoes once. Uh, I mainly focused on the changing the socks. And uh, whenever my socks started to feel wet, I would change them. And I ended up with one very small blister on one toe that was not an issue, uh, just by making sure to change the socks whenever they were wet. Yeah, so I guess the big thing is managing the heat. So how did you guys manage the heat? Because I know you you have hydration, clothing, and then as you guys mentioned with the uh, the, those cold ice wraps. Well, I I actually... uh, so. I didn't have enough respect for the heat. So I, I trained in Bradenton and I thought my heat training was uh, sufficient. Um, and I, I uh, had a little eye-opening uh, experience down at the Keys. So um, it heated up a lot more than I thought it would. So um, I, I'm actually listening here. And uh, I think uh, I think it was you, Patrick, that said uh, you put ice in your pack, which I think something like that would be great going forward. I ended up having to do the, uh, you know, gas station slushy to cool my core temperature down um, <laughs> because I was I was vomiting for about 30 miles, 30, 40 miles. So uh, my crew had to kind of scramble and figure out how to co- cool the core down. Yeah. Hey, this Matt, I went I went with the same kind of approach early on with the ice and all my all the fluids that I was taking in, making sure I had ice in them. But then I kind of went um, just because I thought I had a good a good plan with my feet and not worrying about changing socks and shoes, knowing that I, 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 I had already planned on that anyway. I wasn't overly concerned about all of it pooling. Um, and so when I realized what a hot day it was going to be, I did the, um, I had the, a couple of wraps that hold ice around my neck and I alternated those. And um, for me personally, that was, that was the difference. After about an hour doing that, I could just, I mean, whether whether it was, you know, perceived exertion or or you know a combination of true cooling of my core, I mean, my body went into a good thermoregulation mode, and, um, and for me personally, that was I think that was the difference for me in the whole day. So. Well, yeah. So I guess take me into those first fifty miles into the marathon. How did those go? Well, the first few miles, you know, uh, going through the first marathon, just clicked by really well. Uh, you know, you got the humidity right away, but you know how to mitigate that or just keep it. You know, watch it. I learned a lot of heart rate and, and exertion. So going through that, it was fine. Uh, when it did start getting into that outer part of the day, for me at least, before the seven mile bridge, uh, two things happened. Number one, yeah, the heat and the humidity were just off the charts the humidity was ridiculous and then getting to hell's tunnel and at this point there was a miscommunication with my crew um and i said, yeah this time i was having them skip and meet me you know probably you know more like five to eight miles as opposed to every like two and a half or something I said, no no this time go ahead and meet me and they, they double checked with the mileage and i said yeah there i got to that point and nobody was there and they had uh in their own you know, stress of the day, thought that it would be normal. And they went on down to the 5.8 meeting. So thankfully for some, and, oh, and then when I got, Fort Marshall had told them that I'd already come through. Uh, so then they weren't even there. So uh, I missed my crew for a bunch of miles, but thankfully some other people had some ice and some Powerade. But that was an interesting one. It, going through Hell's Tunnel on a normal day when I do like my daily runs around, uh, you know, keep it around 150, you know, be able to, to run. I was walking at a 17 minute pace and my heart rate was, you know, over 150 beats walking through hell's tunnel so that that's a that's a 
special place in the course because there's not too many environments that get you to jack your heart rate up like that just walking. I agree. The first 25 felt pretty good, and then that humidity was intense. Um, in Hell's Tunnel, um, I, I think I saw on the uh, Marathon Airport that there in the late afternoon, it was uh, 106 heat index. So it was, and I, I could imagine it was probably even hotter as we were going through the tunnel because of the heat radiating up off the asphalt. I believe it because it lasted. How many miles was that? It was, I mean, it felt like forever. It was like, what, two, three miles, something like that? Maybe more. Yeah, it, was, it did feel like forever. Yeah, it's strange because it's such a small section of the course if you compare it relatively, but it's such an impactful part of the course. Yeah, it had that feeling like just being in an extended period of time in a, in a sauna or steam room. I know uh, when, when Loveland and I got to that section, Hell's Tunnel, uh, we did not want to sit there and bake. And we've been managing our, our core temps pretty good. And so we agreed to actually run the whole thing, and we did. We made it through it uh, pretty quick. And it was, it was definitely hot in there, but we, we, we – uh, we didn't struggle as much as we would have if we had spent an hour, hour and a half in it, you know. Again, I don't know if y'all found uh, found the same experience, but I, there were a few other areas as the day was heating up, uh, even before Hell's Tunnel, where you, you had the lack of wind, lack of crosswind due to some big sea oats and other foliage on both sides of the road i found there were a couple of a couple of equally hot spots where just no crosswind that um as it was heating up i mean it really you could really notice the difference that's why when you hit some of those other bridges i mean getting the getting the wind was just like a i mean it's like a godsend you know at some point so that I know that was my experience with some of those other spots leading up to hell's tunnel so <laughs> yeah but yeah, you know, after that, hey, it's 50 miles. You made it halfway, halfway there. Yeah, somebody queue up the Bon Jovi and let's just all have a party. The other party is just going across the Seven Mile Bridge. Uh, I, one of my good friends, uh, Andy Barrett, and I happened to team up right around the same time. And uh, he was, I'm not going to run fast. And I was like, I don't want to. And he was like, all right, we're going to do a walk run based on the um, electrical poles that are just off to the side of the bridge. <laughs> and so, you know, we'd like run to walk, run one, run to walk one or variations on that theme. And also Andy's just great about keeping conversation going. And uh, I think that was, you know, close to one of the longest stretches I've ever any. Um, was just that full seven miles running with Andy Bear. We just talked and we would, you know, you start paying even the concrete on the bridge. The concrete changes strangely when it hits where the, the electrical poles are. It's very bizarre. And, you know, and the next thing you know, it was like, oh, okay, it's, it's, uh, we've, we've made it across the seven mile bridge. The sun was around that time. Uh, the breeze obviously was kicking back in. There was enough of a breeze all night, thank God, that the mosquitoes were never a problem. I'd heard in years past when the when the breeze wasn't as strong that the mosquitoes were murder for, uh, you know, once you started slowing down or if you stopped with your crew and for your crew. Uh, but I never had to put on any bug spray. I never even noticed a single uh, a single mosquito because that, you know, 14 mile an hour sustained winds uh, out of the east 
uh, kept it nice and cool as much as possible, and it kept the, the mosquitoes at So, I mean, it did feel much better, but it was also an exhausting day, as all of these things generally tend to be. Yeah, I, I don't know if uh, any of you got to experience probably the best tasting watermelon I've ever had on the other side of the Seven Mile Bridge. I know they they had some iced iced watermelon on the other side, and, and that was like like pure candy. Uh, if, I don't know. Did anyone else get to experience that? No, I had a mini Coca Cola waiting for me that I was thinking about for about a else. Um, I just told my crew I was having them hold that for me and they put it at the bottom of the ice in the cooler and so as I was going across the bridge all I could think about and, and I do love ultras for this is that you start to appreciate like the littlest things so eight ounces of, of real coke uh, was just amazing at the end just ice cold and, and chugging that down that was my motivation like I said for like 6.7 out of 7 miles of that bridge <laughs> yeah I, I, I did the power I did the whole the whole electrical pole thing too was was a uh, <laughs> helped me through the bridge and then uh yeah ice cold uh, watermelon also crew had some ice cold pineapple which that was a uh, that was money man <laughs> I, I picked the orange cones uh, <laughs> as my as my markers maybe i should have looked at the electrical poles <laughs> yeah it seems like qu- quite a theme with the electrical poles did you guys have a race plan out there I, so Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Patrick. I mean, just like, you know, as a race plan, like starting off um, or just in general, like different sections of the course require different plans, I guess, for me. Um, okay. I mean, I think we all had goals. I, I'm pretty sure everybody in here had a particular goal or, you know, like I do, uh, other people do, you know, you break it down to like three, like your top tier, mid-level, and then, oh God, kind of uh, <laughs> kind of goals and, and just see where the day takes you. It's funny. I, I think I ended up with that third tier one you're talking about at the end, Patrick. <laughs> we often do. <laughs> I had a dream and that dream did not come true at this race. I, 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 but I, I learned some humility. That's what I learned through this race. I think it's called a plan C. Sometimes it's an oh shit plan, but <laughs> yeah. well, um, the... don't die. Like, okay. <laughs> I have one goal. I have a backup goal. And then, oh shit, exactly. I don't want to die. Not only two rules. You just got to look good and don't die. So, you know, generally the don't die comes in somewhere near the end of the race. I think you're allowed to look good while doing it too. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, James Dean style, you want to leave a good corpse, but you know, <laughs> they don't want to die. So the, the lady that I was running with, she had a very detailed race plan. Um, I, I don't do the spreadsheet before, for, before ultras. Um, and the first 50 miles we were staying on it almost perfectly. Um, one of the big things that happened, uh, my crew noticed and and fixed for me was i forgot my special hat that had the neck covering on it and they went out and bought a cheap one and uh it worked wonders but uh after dark was actually when it started getting much more difficult for me to to hold to the race plan i started falling asleep on my feet and talking incoherently and (laughs) and so we we definitely ended up on the plan c (laughs) <laughs> right, is there anybody in this call I just need to know? Is there anybody who did not end up at Plan C at this race this year? Because I'd really love to hear what the hell magic you pulled uh, <laughs> to be able to go and, and do that. I don't know. This is mad. I don't know that I had. I mean, you always have a 
have the the priority a a goal. I think my I think mine might have my in in plan maybe fell a little somewhere in the middle just because um, I kept I don't know maybe it wasn't a, maybe it was motivation maybe it wasn't the right mindset but after after I got over the bridge and um, still felt reasonable and you know had the sun sunset so you know look forward to the <laughs> the night that was kind of a boost for me and um, I don't know if I was just anticipating something to go sideways and and that was kind of my it, it made me focus that much more but um i i, I really the the night kind of went well and then as the sun for me personally as um um as i was thinking about the sun coming back up and not not wanting to <laughs> get into the the heat of the morning again that kind of that kind of lit a fire for me um and so i think i fell somewhere in the in the middle of my of my a b and c goal if you will so um but i think for me personally the some of the heat training i'd done going into it and then the icing for me i think icing for me just kind of i don't know set the set the tone for the day so yeah when did the sun start going down for you guys was that on the seven mile bridge yeah for me personally yeah for me it was um right right as i was right as i was getting on the bridge yeah i had to put on my reflective gear um right after the seven mile bridge at that aid station because they were making making sure that everybody leaving at that point had had their uh their reflective gear on and yeah i was i don't i don't know if i knew until probably another crew stop i think it was probably like what was it 7 30 had to have reflective on, but sun sunset wasn't until like 8 20 or 8 30 or something like that there's something along that about i had a few surprise deer encounters oh the little key here <laughs> Yeah, they were bigger than I thought. <laughs> my, crew, my, my crew van, yeah, one of my crew members um, has a black eye because they avoided the key. Here. Uh, yeah, the crew member wasn't quite was leaning over getting something, wasn't quite ready for it. So yeah, we had a we had a close encounter as well. I have a buddy, and this is going to sound hilarious. Things like that, venomous snakes, all sorts of things for uh, FWC here in Florida. But the one thing that he has, uh, and he'll admit that I think. It's a mildly irrational fear is of key deer. <laughs> he, he just thinks that they're all inbred and you never know what the hell they're going to do next. And he said that one time he was down there and he was doing wild and lascivious things, an inflatable snowman. So he's going uh, on and on. Whatever you do, avoid them damn key deer. So uh, I didn't see any actually in my, my, my crew saw one literally at the crew. There's an aid stop where your crew can meet you where they sold postcards about key deer and apparently they saw some key deer there before i got up but the deer were gone by the time i got there uh, but i never saw deer i saw a shit ton of iguanas though uh most things seemed to get bigger and gnarlier looking as the day slash night went on but those are the <laughs> thing that i saw especially as you're getting tired now they're almost alligator size crazy spine going up their back when they get big i had never seen something like that before wandering across the trail i i mean i hope to do either that or we can talk one of the more illustrious illusions and those green-eyed bugs did, did you guys see those or was that just me hallucinating <laughs> around there were green-eyed bugs yeah, they, their their eyes glowed the dark <laughs> I don't know. I saw some of the people's reflective, some of the people's lights, LED lights were so bright, though, that I thought I was hallucinating a couple of times. Just if you looked at their lights too long, I mean, there's some there's some powerful uh, 
illumination out there. <laughs> yeah, especially, especially that chest one. I don't, I don't remember any specifically green-eyed ones of any size. I mean, there's all eyes and all that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll have to ch- second check my mental state then if no one else saw them. <laughs> no, you you may have been seeing some of the click beetles. They have some okay. illuminating on them. Uh, I didn't see on, any on the race itself, but I, at the hotel before we left, I saw a couple of them. <laughs> the eyes on the back of them, don't they? Yeah, so fortunately, other than anything like that of, you know, iguanas of unusual size, I, I didn't have any uh, loose things that I'm mildly disappointed about because it was pretty... Once the sun went down, I don't know about you guys, but it was it felt really monotonous. You know, you didn't have any views. You'd already kind of seen it like, hey, water, okay, another key, okay, water, hey, look, a bridge. And then, you know, nighttime came and it was just, okay, we're just running down the side of this road. Pretty monotonous to me for a while there. Uh, I'll, I'll agree. I, I actually started just counting to 60 over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that's when my, I had a couple of my guys hopped out. And uh, did a little running stint with me. Uh, just with that mental fatigue set in a little bit, like you said, with the monotony. So I think that's that was that definitely helped having having a couple guys to just chat with, you know, along the way a little bit when you hit some of those patches. Did anybody party with like the kids at what was that mile seven seven for us? Oh, this was always fun, like messing with my crew because my crew was going by mile markers and I was going by miles. So they were like, "Oh, we'll see you at mile." 77 but for me that was like 33 or whatever weird it was always backwards but it was mile 77 for us runners uh going across the pedestrian bridge to the left of the road bridge and there were a bunch of like 20 somethings getting rip roaring fucking drunk and listening to when i pulled up when i was running through them it was 50 cent and it was like sure it's your birthday it's your birthday so you know i danced with them for a little while because why not um, <laughs> here, they're impressed by my mobility. So was I. Um, and then uh, I was like, "Yeah." And then they, sh- but yeah, they were parting their asses off on that little like pedestrian bridge. Yeah, that was hilarious. They had music and dance. That wasn't a hallucination. I promise. That actually happened. I didn't see them. Yeah, maybe it was a hallucination. Yeah. So after the seven mile bridge, you come into Big Pine Key. How did those miles? How they go, you know, coming into Summerland Key and then Sugarloaf Key. If any of y'all read names of those keys at that point, I'm going to be real impressed. <laughs> it's, like, it's like after um, after the <laughs> Seven Mile Bridge coming into I trust you. in the Key West. I trust you. I, I was just like, the only one I noticed was Kudjo because that was where my Airbnb was going to be the next day. And I was like, oh. come back to you. Other than that, there was one unpronounceable inlet. I, I, Vingalite Latte. I don't know some weird name, and that was about it. But I mean, I just got, I just got, you know, just like an existential tired. I just stopped giving too many shits, and it was just like, All right, this is what it's going to be. It's a long night. I'm just going to go along. Um, I did have somebody join me for a few miles, and we did really bad roadside ultra karaoke for a while. Um, dodge some people passing people that was probably the scariest car interactions that I had south somebody would jump out to pass a bunch of people and all of a sudden you just hear an engine revving behind you uh, and not see the car coming 
but it, you know, it, it went well. There's so many crew stops. That was the other thing about this race, and I, I, everybody else, I'm sure, can speak to some level. But the availability of having your crew so often was just a, a wild twist in the whole thing. And and I started, you know, really enjoying like stopping and and not running. So I, I ended up spending a good deal of time just sitting and talking shit and, and drinking more and you know having a few more potato chips and then be like, eh, okay, I guess you guys in a few miles. And that was pretty much the order of business for the night until about the last 10 mile. Because I heard somebody else say this. They um, started doing the mental math. And I did not want, for me, I did not want to see the second sunrise. I was like, no, I'm not going to be back out in the sun again. And once I started doing the math and I realized that if I didn't start hauling ass, in a sense, uh, that I was going to be out there for the second sunrise. The last 10 miles, I was just in a completely different zone i was just telling my crew like i don't even want to see you really don't take out the chair don't do anything i i only saw them one time uh halfway between like five miles of the 10 miles and then uh i was just trying to chase down blinky lights <laughs> like everybody's illuminating hat <laughs> on and i was just like there's no way in god's green earth i'm getting stuck out here for a second sunrise uh, and that that was my motivation at the end of the race was just i did not want to be in the sun again um running so uh, that was the big, whatever keys those were. I know that the Naval Air Station was friggin' huge and went on forever. Um, near the end, I was just like, can this thing stop? And we can have some other view. Um, but yeah, last Esplanade, the Ewald, that took forever. I don't, that was like a mile and a half, but that seemed to take four friggin' ever. Uh, until you get to the final turns to Higgs Beach. I'd be curious, you, you guys, how, how that night went. I just I hardly care anymore after the day. And I was like, you know what? This never mind. Walk this. I think, yeah, I, I think to your point about the frequency of stops, I, it, yeah, it's nice to have the, the availability of crew and all that. I think it was it made it fun, at least with my crew. I had a, I had a, a fun group, and they enjoyed uh, – leapfrogging and getting to know some of the other crews and it was a whole different perspective i enjoyed going back and looking at some of their pictures and videos because they you know you got to see the experience from their eyes and and it was like a kind of a rolling fun caravan with some of the folks they hooked up and got to meet along the way too so i thought that was a that was a unique experience um you know of, the, of this particular race with like you said with all these these stops and uh getting the for the crews to kind of get to know each other a little bit so oh yeah no the crew Definitely got to know each other. And then they started, like, talking. But God only knows the thing about us when we weren't around. But they, they definitely, like, knew each other. And they'd check on each other's runners. Uh, Bruce Troy's uh, crew and mine were leapfrogging all day and all night. So they got to be great friends. They exchanged numbers. They, you know, all that kind of stuff. They were having a grand old time, like, meeting up everybody and checking. Um, and, I, and I think it also just speaks to, you know, ultras in general. Everybody's trying to band together and help everybody everybody was asking hey do you have any extra ice or do you have any of this or hey do you guys need anything uh like when i had the miscommunication with my crew just the fact that there were so many people willing to give me ice give me water give me power aid you know, started offering me everything people were handing me trying to hand me like bananas and things like that and, uh, you know just that that camaraderie of not only the runners but the crew as well it was, was a very very special uh, i know my crew uh learned a new i learned a new phrase from another crew they they started calling me a bridezilla by the end of it <laughs> nice well we we had a really uh large crew uh five five people crew in us uh 
couple of the people that I helped crew at the Cruel Jewel the weekend before uh, were helping crew, and uh, so we had a good amount of pacers for the for the nighttime. But like I said, I I started getting to where the sleepies hit me at about hour eighteen, which it has in every long ultra. I always fall asleep on my feet. But it's not it's not good to fall asleep on the side of the road. Uh, and the pacers were they were trying to to wake me up, and it wasn't working. At one point, I I stopped and bent over and put my hands on my knees and just fell dead asleep in that position. So, <laughs> and they they were trying to wake me up, and I have no idea what I told them. But they ended up saying, "Okay, you gotta stop and take a nap." So, took a twenty minute nap, and then went back out. And after that, pretty much every stop was a five to 10 minute nap and then argue with the crew trying to see if they let me sleep longer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and even when the morning came, uh, the, uh, I, I sat down at, at one at, at 10 o'clock in the morning. I thought that I was, that the daylight was going to wake me up, but it was not. And, uh, I was talking with somebody on my crew, uh, Courtney, who had crewed at Cruel Jewel, and uh, she was asking me if I had any blisters or hot spots. And next thing I re- responding to my, to Courtney, with, and I was dead asleep. Uh, I, I didn't have any hot spots or anything. Uh, I was I was agreeing with her, but I was completely out of it. <laughs> I went into the race highly sleep deprived, and uh, so it, it wasn't. I need to do better on the next on the next race. Go into it with a little bit better rest. I never slept, but I kept saying I wanted to and just deciding that I was just like at one point I was sitting at an aid station I put my head back curb at a gas station I was just like alright I'm just going to sit here for a minute I don't, I don't have anything else in me the monotony got to me more on this race uh, at night than, than others I know for when I was having the over, little overheating issues um, I took about a six minute where I, I didn't actually sleep but I just laid down and it kind of helped my body reset and that, that was kind of a game changer for me, just like laying down and, and letting my body reset. But yeah, so I know for this race, having a crew, you've got to have a crew. Who did you guys have out there on your crew this year? So this, this is Nels. I had uh, my wife was my crew, and then I had a good uh, college friend. I was, I was a, a college wrestler at Iowa State, and she was a gymnast. Uh, so uh, we've, we've remained friends over the years, so... Uh, both she, Haras, and my wife, Denise uh, Pisa, were, were my crew. My crew had uh, two of my best college buds, Philip and Mark Lahe, one of them who got me into all the endurance stuff right out of college. And then I uh, had my father as well, um, which um, they all knew each other, and you know, we don't get to spend time together like we used to. So um, it, you know, it, made it, a, it made it a special event outside of, you know, outside of the race itself um it's fun when you we can get a good group together like that and spend some time together like that especially after the race <laughs> i had uh, uh let's see i had aaron and rihanna and rihanna had crewed for me at death at dupuis and had crewed for some other people at different races and uh aaron she had not ever crewed or been anywhere near an ultra before really uh, so it was, it was an interesting mix and they, they did an amazing job because, you know, Aaron was driving and taking care of that. And Rhiannon had a little more experience of dealing with me and dealing with, uh, crewing at an ultra. Um, but once again, when you can see your crew so much, it's so easy. And it is, I think along the lines, 
as far as like the crew, aside from something like long haul or, you know, like a last person standing where you, your crew just gets to stay in one place, they really couldn't mess up the navigation too much. You know, it's like US1, head south. Just make sure you're going south. Whereas with some other races, you know, you're navigating forest roads in the mountains at night with no GPS. Um, so it was a it was a great introductory crewing experience for Aaron and uh, and Rhiannon. You know, knew just what to do and knew what to do, especially when I just get surly and just start talking trash all night and just basically <laughs> ignore eighty five percent of the things that I say. Um, and so that worked out really well. They, they both obviously know me extremely well, so it worked out really really well. Yeah. So finally, your crews have been either. They've been up all night. You've been up all night. Take me into that final bridge crossing into Key West, that Boca Chica Bridge. How did it feel? And kind of what was going through your mind knowing, hey, I finally made it to Key West? Well, one, one thing is, uh, do I go left or right? That was one of the things, but... But it, it was a pretty awesome feeling. Yeah, I, I was the same way with the, the left and right. <laughs> I couldn't. I had to go. You start start brain dead by that time, and so I can. I had another another racer right by me, and just consulted with them just to make sure that final decision was the correct one there, going into Key West, and then it's just riding riding high the rest of the way in there, man. So luckily, I had been in Key West a few years ago for somebody's wedding, and I'd run the. You know the outer perimeter of key west so i knew where higgs beach was and, and that i needed to turn left when i got in there in that big you know intersection once you get over the bridge and once you go past whatever country club park or whatever it was uh but yeah it was like all of a sudden confusing and then the signs kept trying to sell us to stay on the right side of the road but there was no sidewalk but there was also no area to cross the road that was marked um and i was afraid of like getting uh, i don't know crossing where i wasn't supposed to and getting some sort of penalty or something but yeah eventually i was just like i'm, I'm not running on this side of the road where there's no sidewalk anymore and i went over to the left and that that was the ocean side and by then it was the uh i don't know what they call it but, you know like the esplanade and like i said i was racing the sunrise so left, glancing out and anyway in god's green earth i was going to beat the sunrise and that became my motivation uh, is just to run like hell and, and get through there and get to Higgs Beach or uh, sitting in the sun. It felt great, though, the last few miles, and especially once uh, getting onto the ocean side of uh, the Esplanade, knowing that I was super close. My watch had been pretty accurate, so I knew, like when it said 99 miles, I knew that it, it couldn't be more than, you know, like a mile and a half to the finish. So because it was a nice change of pace. That was great, like running it into the finish. I even tried to, well, I actually shut down a guy in the last mile, and that got actually be pretty hilarious because then he started trying to sprint out, and I sprinted, but I wasn't going to pass him at the end of the race. Uh, but it was pretty hilarious because also one of my crew members was out there in flip-flops, and she was running like hell in flip-flops trying to keep up two brain-dead ultra runners who were just, for shits and giggles, trying to race the last quarter mile. <laughs> Let's see, how far away can you see the finish line? Not until you're right on top of it because it's like a hard left turn. Oh, so you're just going and going and going, and then all of a sudden it's just a super hard left turn, and then they're like, oh, there's the finish. And it was behind the building. <laughs> Man, so I know for like, for a lot lot of the guys here, 
how does it feel to get that that keys 100 belt buckle because this race i know it's such a bucket race such a destination race for a lot of people it is definitely the brightest colored buckle i've ever gotten that's for sure um it felt great, obviously, you know, but yeah, there's nothing to compare about crossing the finish line. Your crew is there. You've been through this crazy experience for, you know, so many hours and so many ups and downs and sideways and everything. Else. Uh, you know, this this was one of the races race that I've ever run where at any point I threw up during the race. And so, you know, you have all of these experiences, and, but when you cross that finish line, and you see, you know, for me at least, I have a bunch of friends who are marshals and things like that. I know Mike Melton, uh, you know, he's such a fixture in Florida. Everybody knows him, you know, and just seeing people, you know, and, and crossing into there and uh, and then seeing a, a cooler already set up next to a folding chair uh, with those uh, post-race beers. I was more I was more into that. I'm not going to lie. I was way more into what was inside of that cooler than the than the belt buckle at the moment. Now, I, I appreciate the belt buckle much more, but. In that moment, just like getting across the bridge and wanting that Coca-Cola, I was just like, I know that there's a finish line beer in that cooler over here. Okay, let's take some pictures. Great. Okay, the, the, the cooler, fantastic. That's where we're going. Um, and then they had, uh, oh, they had that fried chicken, too. That was so good. Oh, my God. But, yeah, it was fantastic crossing the finish line and experiencing that and such an iconic finish and race. Yeah, especially this, Matt, again, point, you know, point to point. I mean, finishing a race like that in Key West, I mean – who, who wouldn't get fired up about that, right? So, I mean, that's a, I think for me, um, that's a, that's about as good as it gets finishing at a place like Key West. I mean, that's definitely, definitely one for the ages for me. So. The last few miles were definitely starting to heat back up for us because we had a 11 a.m. finish. Uh, so that, that seawall was baking, baking hot. Uh, and so we kept on trying to figure out where the finish line was. We, we didn't know that you would see it at the last minute. So I, w- I would look ahead and be like, okay, it's got to be down there. <laughs> and, it w- and it wasn't. You'd have another turn. <laughs> no. uh, Loveland definitely uh, got really hot there at the end. Uh, we ended up with uh, packing her down with ice at the, at the finish line uh, for a good while. That was definitely – Definitely the hardest hundred I've done so far with the uh, the sleepies and never never being able to pull out of them and then finishing back in the heat again, uh, which we would have loved to have finished before the second sunrise, but that wasn't wasn't happening. <laughs> so I lost Nels. He disconnected, but I think he's got a storm where he's at. So hey, keys one hundred. What are those final thoughts? Those final opinions for anybody. I think it's such a unique race from the location, from uh, all, like we talked about earlier, all the opportunities to stop and with your crew and your crew to meet other crews and, um, you know, and just the, the wild card of the heat and the humidity, the climate down there. I think it's, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of my running's on pavement and all that. I haven't haven't tackled a bunch of the iconic trail races. But uh, so for me, um, you know, uh, it was it was a no brainer. I'm in Louisiana, hot and humid, and so for me, to, uh, that definitely was my forte. But uh, you know, running with the water on both sides of you, even when you can't see it all the time, uh, <laughs> even though it gets monotonous. Uh, the, uh, for me personally, I I can't think any other place that uh, that I'd like to to run a hundred miles. <laughs> 
for me, for my final thoughts on it, is, is that it is an absolutely iconic and truly epic uh, Florida race. You know, on paper, it just seems like it's going to be such a breeze. You know, it's, you know, it's point to point. It's on asphalt. It's on concrete. There's no elevation gain to speak of, aside from a, a few sections on some bridges. And it just all points to like, okay, yeah, you can just go out and just really kill it. And then you get into that environment and you have to, you know, really uh, do some interesting things. And, and, you know, if you're doing something like a, a trail race, you get hills, you get things like that. You're like, okay, I'm going to walk this. And this one, you really had to choose, you know, when you were going to walk or you had to make some sort of plan. So that takes a, another level, you're, you know, of, of, of thinking while you're doing it. Uh, the crew experience is by far uh, way more involved in, you know, the crews getting to know each other. And that was super special. So it did feel like a party. You saw the same ridiculous blow-up dolls tied to the top of crew vehicles over and over again. Um, I don't know if any of you guys were the ones who had the blow-up dolls on the tops of your cars. But, you know, and then at night, <laughs> people had, like, Christmas lights all over their cars and decorated and all sorts of crazy things all over it. And you had the relay teams doing their crazy stuff. Uh, so in that sense, uh, you know, there was so much more of a, if you will, as the kids these days will say, there was so much more of a vibe. Uh, of that liveliness and silliness and, and craziness of the Conk Republic down there, uh, which you you know you don't get when you're just running on a on a single track trail through like Alabama or something like that at Pinhoti. So it's a fantastic race. If you're even vaguely considering it, it absolutely is a bucket list race, especially if you're a Florida ultra runner who you know might gravitate toward hundred milers. Uh, it really is, and I'm I'm glad I listened to my buddy. It really is an iconic one that you just need to do. It's definitely a, a race that uh, a good, strong crew is highly advised. I, I was very fortunate to have a lot of uh, runners with the O-Town Blazers show up and uh, give their support. Uh, it, it, like like it's been already said is that it's, it's kind of deceptive in the sense of, oh, it's just 100 flat miles. But uh, you you get the the soul sucked out of you by the heat, and uh, and it's definitely it's definitely challenging with that. But it, I I would absolutely uh, do it again because it's uh, for me the the road is is what I know. I do almost all my training on the road, so it 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 uh, it's it's definitely my comfort zone. But it's definitely uh, never been to the Keys before, and I really enjoy the sights along the way. Yeah, that's amazing. But hey, guys, I appreciate it. This was awesome. Thanks so much, Joe. It was a really good time. Heck yeah. Yeah, thank you very much for having us on. Yeah, man. Have a great night. I'm going to pop out of here. Dinner is waiting for me. <laughs> hey, good to meet all y'all. Ike, and thanks for, uh, thanks for inviting me to, to share some thoughts with all y'all. Heck yeah. All right. Good to meet y'all. Me too. Yep, see you guys. And there we have it for that part two of this year's Keys 100. You know, we had a great group of guys up on this podcast. And of course, you know, a huge shout out to Bob Becker, Mark Kudak, and you know, all of those race marshals, all of the all the volunteers from the start line to finish line all of the crews all the other runners out there there's so many people you know the county there's so many people that 
that play a role in putting on an event like this. So, so a huge thank you, you know, a huge heck yeah, because that's what makes everything happen. That's what makes everything happen. And such an event for so many people to enjoy. So, hey, there we go. You know, ooh wee, and uh, until next time. So, happy trails.